The following program is recorded content created by the Truth Network. Wake up, everyone. It's time for the Steve Noble Show, where biblical Christianity meets the everyday issues of life in your home, at work, and even in politics. Steve is an ordinary man who believes in an extraordinary God. And on his show, there's plenty of grace and lots of truth, but no sacred cows. Call Steve now at 866-34-TRUTH. That's 866-34-TRUTH. Or check him out online at thestevenobleshow.com. And now, here's your host, Steve Noble. Welcome back. I hope you're doing well. I think that we all know this is one of those uh, subjects today that most of us will go, yeah, 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 yeah. I, I know, I know, I know. We, we walk by grace. We live by grace. We're saved uh, through the grace of God, by our faith in Christ Jesus. And so that's that's kind of one of those answers. Like, yeah, 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 I got it. I'm with you. Uh, a grace-filled life or a grace-full, F-U-L-L, life. But how do, how do you know if you're actually living a grace-filled life? It might be, in, in your case, it's certainly in my case, even today, when it was uh, a grace-filled life and an experience I had today that was really the other person, uh, exhibiting the grace of God for the most part. Uh, and, and a little bit, uh, on my side, somebody that I hadn't seen for several years and, uh, who I, in a, a few different ways, really disappointed and upset them, uh, a few years ago with some things I did in my role on radio and, and, uh, social media and stuff. And, uh, I wasn't aware to the extent of the, of the uh, damage I had done there, but we had a great conversation and I was like, I'm so sorry. That was not my intent. Please forgive me. And he said, hey, man, we'll never, of course, I forgive you. We'll never talk about it again. I don't, I don't need to talk about this again. And that was, uh, that, that's the way it should be. That's what reconciliation looks like. And uh, two brothers or a brother and a sister, two people in the Lord uh, that are willing to extend grace and forgiveness and reconciliation is right there at the tips of your fingers and so we're going to talk about that today with our friend Billy Gotcher from BJU Seminary on Theology Thursday. A graceful life. We're also going to look at some examples that Billy has for us. And we'll be in the uh, a book of Second Timothy, chapter 2. And, and just looking at uh, what is this supposed to look like in our lives? And, and how do you know if you're, if you're living a graceful, F-U-L-L, life or not? Uh, and Billy, it's great to have you back on the show. Before we do that, though, I wanted to take a few minutes and talk about your recent experience in Togo. That probably wasn't on most of our summer visitation list, but it certainly was on yours. So what were you doing in Togo? Yeah, I was asked to, I'm part of the ministry called Togo Vision, and it's part of providing training for national pastors. Um, and I was specifically asked to teach on theology. So i I've done some national pastors training. In fact, it's part of what God ultimately moved to bring me here mm-hmm. to the seminary, just a burden on my heart. So it was a wonderful opportunity to go and spend uh, two weeks in Togo. Um, there's a training center there, and I, 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 I taught each night from 6 at night to about 9.30, 10 o'clock. Wow. Um, so, of course, with a translator, but it mm-hmm. was, uh, I had about 25 men that are some of them are pastors some of them are preparing to be pastors what what's that like i mean i've I've done a little of that myself in kenya um, but what's that like for you as a seminary professor as a believer to be in a totally different cultural context yet talking about the same thing we're all looking at the scriptures we're all going to the same source for truth but but what's that like for you as a as an american christian a white guy and you're in togo you don't exactly fit in Right. 
Yeah, it's, I mean, part of it is you're learning a culture. You're learning a culture. You're getting some cultural experience. So the uh, the missionary I was with was actually from Niger, raised in Togo, came to the States, got education, went back, uh, got a seminary training and went back. And now he's kind of heading up uh, this training program, but needs help. So he looks for help to come from the States to come and provide some teaching yeah. and uh, so a lot of that is getting culturally immersed, just quickly learning about the culture, learning the things they face. So part of the time is spent asking them questions, how ministry works, what their challenges are, uh, just to understand a little bit more when you're applying them. To, to, yeah. You know, so that's the big thing. You don't, the truths don't change. The right. way you live them and the application looks different in different culture. And there's different cultural hurdles that they face. Yeah, it's so and fascinating that, again, it's the same source of truth, but the application is going to vary based on your context. Yep. And then some of the difficulties they face based on, you know, I mean, governments are governments. There's different levels of corruption and greed in them. So they yeah. all face it, you know, depending on where you are, what they actually face there. Uh, so, but, and then to see the freedoms they have and what God's doing and uh, stirring hearts is it's just a, it's neat to see and it's neat to learn about. Yeah, how do how do they react to an American coming over there? Um, they're very favorable. I mean, there's a good overall Togo relationship with the, uh, you know, there's obviously some French heritage there, sure. and they speak French as far as the national language. Um, but there's there's a good relationship in Togo to the U.S. and in. Uh, so no problems that way. And uh, there's actually the mission agency that was there actually has two hospitals set up as well. Wow. So, and they do a lot for the community through those hospitals. And it's been a great beachhead for the gospel, but oh, it's man. also been a tremendous aid to the people. Yeah, absolutely. What, what would you say, we got about a minute and a half, Billy, uh, before the break. What, what would you say is the kind of the, the most shocking differences between them being pastors of the word over in Togo versus what we know about over here in the U.S. Well, they, their access to training is is far more limited in Togo. So most of them uh, are looking for opportunities to further their own understanding biblically. To be um, so that's that's one of the things that they they face. The economics are different, very different mm -hmm. for them as pastors than what we have here. Uh, so it you know to raise a family, but most of them are working bivocationally. That's one of the, so they're working a job pastoring yeah, churches yeah. as well. Yeah, that that was the thing I remember from Kenya is that pretty much every pastor I met, because we were out in the sticks really, and and they don't have enough, they they can't generate enough income through their church, right, to be able to take care of their own family. So they were all bivocational, and it and it was so interesting. Even one time, I, the second time I went to Kenya, we were there doing a a pastors conference, and I did a. Um, I did one class on the Holy Spirit, which was interesting. And uh, one guy was there, and all he had was the the Gospel of John. Mm. <laughs> I'm like, uh, where's the rest of your Bible? And he's like, well, this is all I, I have. It's all I've used to preach out of. I'm like, how long have you been preaching at your church? He said, seven years. I said, so for seven years you've been preaching out of the Gospel of John? Yes. I said, okay, uh, I, pro I have like 10 of these things laying around. Just take mine. And he's like, what? <laughs> it's like he just gave him the other 65 books, and he had one. And it was just amazing. The context was so amazing, uh, which yeah. I'm sure was true there in Togo. Thanks for sharing about that, Billy. That's awesome. When we come back, 
with Billy Gottcher from BJU Seminary. We're going to talk about a graceful life, a grace-filled life. Are you living one yourself? This is Steve Noble. We'll be right back. Welcome back. It's Steve Noble, The Steve Noble Show, 2 Timothy chapter 2, verse 1. There it is. You then, my child, talking to believers, be strengthened by the grace that is in Christ Jesus. Be strengthened by the grace that is in Christ Jesus. And what, uh, what is grace? What does it look like in your life? How do you know if you're actually living a grace-filled life, a graceful life, but a grace-filled life? Is your life full of uh of, of grace and, and grace that we receive from the Lord as part of our salvation and grace that we're willing to extend to others. And we're going to uh, talk about this for the rest of the show. Our friend Billy Gotcher is back in the house from BJU Seminary. And again, Billy, thank you uh, so much for uh, leading the conversation today. So uh, just starting there in, in 2 Timothy chapter 2, verse 1, uh, let's just start to unpack that. You then, my child, be sure. strengthened by the grace that is in Christ Jesus. Yeah, when you look at that, I mean, he obviously, the you then, he's tying back to the first chapter, and the theme that kind of threads through that first chapter is the whole need to be unashamed. So he repeats that three times in chapter one, to be unashamed about. In fact, he gives an invitation that most of us kind of skip right over. In fact, I don't think I'd open it if it came in. Hmm. You know, first eight of chapter one is, but share in suffering Mm -hmm. for the gospel. So, you know, we get invitations, all kinds of things, not usually come to my suffering, but there it is. I mean, it's like, don't be ashamed of the gospel, share in suffering. He said, you know, verse 12, he said, I suffer as I do. I'm not ashamed. Uh, He talks about Anesiphorus and his aid and not ashamed of his chain. So it's constantly that need not to be ashamed. And he also in chapter one reminded Timothy to fan into the flame, the gift given. So there's opposition. What do we tend to do? Shrink back. Don't do that. You've been gifted by God to serve. And what do you need to do it? Well, you need grace because there's always opposition. Yeah. Wherever God's truth's going forward, lives are being changed. There's always going to face opposition. And then what do the servants need? Well, we need more grace. Do we and need to we need... start then, Billy, with just kind of a uh, an operational, uh, on the low shelf definition of grace? I know we throw around God's riches at Christ's expense. and uh, But these are one of those things I, I alluded to this earlier, that in the Christian life, uh, th- there's the nomenclature. There's certain words. And we're all like, yep, 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 amen, praise the Lord. Uh, but I'm not so sure we're always on the same page. So grace right. sounds like a no-brainer. But what's a good yeah. operational definition of it? Well, I I like to add that, well, it is certainly something undeserved. It's favor. I mean, grace is favor or blessing, but it also is enabling power that strengthens us. I mean, that's why Paul prayed, you know, that in Ephesians 3.16, it's you're praying to be strengthened with all power. Well, that's grace that does that. And why do I say that? Well, because what Paul says in Titus 2, it's the grace of God that teaches us or trains us is the real word. It trains us to renounce ungodliness and worldly lust and to live self-controlled uprightly. So grace fixes our focus on Christ, and we receive His favor that actually enables us to live for Him. Yeah. So it's an enabling power. It's an unmerited favor, but it's also an enabling power. And when you're enabled by that power, the assumption here for our conversation is that should definitely show up. Absolutely. <laughs> like if, if, if somebody gave me... Uh, a two hundred and fifty thousand dollar Ferrari. 
odds are pretty good that everybody in my life would know that I now was driving a $250,000 Ferrari. That would be pretty obvious. And and, Grace Grace should be kind of like that. Yeah, it changes everything. And that's that's because why, I mean, we think about Grace is amazing. Well, why is it amazing? Well, it's amazing because it addresses my greatest needs. Mm. I mean, God in his grace addressed my guilt. He removed it. I'm a guilty sinner. Grace removes it. God in his grace rescued me from slavery of sin. Yeah. Yeah, I was a slave to sin. Well, grace rescued me. So I, you know, it it satisfied God's wrath. I mean, it satisfies the chart. I mean, it removed the charges yeah. from me, nailed yeah. them to a cross, satisfied wrath. And then amazingly, it, it actually removed the hostility. Mm. I mean, I was hostile. I was an enemy to right, God. Right. Not reconciled. And grace removes that. So it, it delivers me from guilt. It rescues me from slavery to sin. It, it satisfies God's just wrath against me. And it changes my heart. No, lo- no more hostility. Right. Well, and I like that you use that hostility towards God. And I think a lot of us uh, can sit there and go, well, I don't know. That's a pretty strong word that I was hostile towards God. I think I was indifferent. Well, indifferent is hostile. But uh but but that hostility towards God and then the flip side of that, the grace side of that, as the scripture teaches us, is that it's the it's the kindness of God that leads to repentance. Right. So in the face yep. of my hostility towards him, he extends kindness towards me. Yep. Which is then now you go, okay, that that's crazy. Well, yeah, yeah. that's why we all know the song. That's why it's yeah. amazing grace. It's not just, oh yeah, grace. I mean, it really is amazing. Right. Well, especially when you think through Newton's testimony and oh, how man. God changed his life. But that goes to your point you made earlier. If God shows up with grace in your life, it will change everything and it will be evident. Yeah. <clears throat> when God does that. And that's, you know, transformed, obviously, Newton's life. It transformed our life. Praise so, the Lord. Amen. Praise the Lord. I don't, I don't want to know who I'd be without. Oh, man. So. Yeah. No, neither does my wife. Uh so, so we talked about some examples, examples yep. of a grace-filled life. Let's start with one. We'll hit the break here in a, in a couple minutes, but we can at least get started. All right. Well, when I part of what I did this summer for the seminary is I traveled to a couple of conferences as well as to overseas to train. Uh, but I was at one of the conferences. They do an annual, like uh, a lifetime merit award for a missionary. Wow. So I'm not sure if I'm supposed to use her name or not, so I'll probably just avoid that. Uh, but she served her whole life in Venezuela, and she just uh, never married, but she got out of college, burdened for missions. She taught in a Christian school. Parents were minded, but she went and served 49 years oh, in Venezuela, golly. down a river with the Indians in Venezuela. What was neat, a couple neat things is, is she said in her diary as, as a teenager, she wrote, I want to meet a real Indian. She spent 49 years ministering to the Indians of Venezuela in remote villages. And, you know, I, my wife and I got to meet her. We talked with her and the joy in her heart was so truly amazing. And I thanked her for her lifetime of service. And she turned and looked at me and she said, it was so much fun. And when I thought about that, oh, I mean, I, you know, they showed her story and I tell her story. And when you finish the story, you look at how she lived life so differently, mm. so far from all the comforts and conveniences that we take for granted. And she didn't have any of that. She, she actually took small engine repair 
Wow. She learned how to repair small engines because she had to get to the village by boat and she didn't want to get broke down in her boat. She had to be able to fix her engine. And, but when you talk to her about it, she lights up. Yeah. I mean, the room glows. She just says, but it's so much, I had so much fun. <laughs> and I think about so much in America yeah. that, that people give themselves to, and they give themselves to a lot of lies mm -hmm. that aren't so much fun. Yeah. No, that's exactly right. And no, most and of it, us listening to that go, go, that doesn't sound like fun, but you know, thank you for your service. Praise the Lord. But, but right. from her perspective, uh, to say, oh, that was so much fun. Uh, without You can't say that without an enormous amount of grace in your life. Yeah. You just can't. Well, well it's what God's, I mean, that's kind of the point of this yep. whole chapter. It illustrates, you know, she illustrates this text, what right. God's grace did in her life. Yeah. She awesome. was all of these things. Yeah. That's Hold exactly that thought. We're talking to Billy Gotcher from BJU Seminary. This is Steve Noble on Theology Thursday. We'll be right back. Welcome back. It's Steve Noble, the Steve Noble Show Theology Thursday with our friends at BJU Seminary. Today, talking to Billy Gotcher back in the house, talking about a grace-filled life. We're in Second uh, Timothy chapter 2, where there's several examples there, but we're actually talking about examples of a grace-filled life that, that Billy has seen out there in his work. And uh, talking about that uh, conference you were at this, this this past summer with a woman from Venezuela. She had been literally up the river out in a very remote uh, working with Indians out there 49 years. And you said the one thing that really caught your attention about her, Billy, is about her life. She would just light up and say, I had so much fun. Now, Amen. we'll say that about a little incident here and there or a little experience here and there. But uh, 49 years of living up the river in a remote village. I, I how do you how do you explain somebody that that would light up like that and say I had so much fun? I think it's what we're talking about. That's just this overwhelming amount of grace in her life. Yeah, and I think it it is. She knew what God called her to do: mm. be a missionary to serve others. She gave her life to it, and she's going to end her life with no regrets. Yeah, no regrets. So she she served the Lord and. And there's great joy in that. There's yeah. just an amazing joy when you know you're doing what God has you to do. Yeah. And then the grace enables you to endure all kinds of things that you wouldn't think you could. Mm -hmm. And without you couldn't. Without God's grace, we wouldn't make it. So. And again, one of the things I, I think, I, I, I'll go ahead and use the word dangers. One of the dangers of hearing testimonies of, of people like this woman is that most people go, well, I'm not called to be a missionary. I, I live here in Raleigh or I live in Greenville. I live in South Carolina, whatever. Uh, and so I, there's nothing really about my life that's going to be so amazing and kind of over the top like this woman's life. Uh, but that that's that's where I tell people, listen, be very careful not to compare your testimony and your walk with somebody else's walk. We're all on the same wall, but we all have different places. So, so what about just a grace-filled life for a quote-unquote normal person? Because I think a lot of us will look at her and go, oh, yeah, well, she's a super Christian, but I'm not. I'm just a normal nine-to-fiver. Well, I think uh, you just tie back to what all us normal nine-to-fivers have been called to do, which is mm -hmm. to take the gospel to all nations. So, and those are just the kind of as you're going, right? Yeah. So we're to be disciple-making people, which is what you're seeing in verse 2. Because what's the first evidence that Timothy is going to be 
Nope. I just lost your sound there for a second. I don't know what's causing that because all of a sudden, boom, it's going. Let me check something on my end. Hold on. Hold on a second. Let me check. All right. Can you hear me okay, Billy? You can hear me fine. For some reason, I can't hear you. I'm going to ask you to do me a favor, Billy. Uh, got something to write with? I'm going to give you a phone number and just jump on your cell number uh, and just call over that way. It's 866-348-7884. 866-348-7884. Just call that number and then they'll put you through that way, okay? And we'll just do that. And I'll just uh, I'll just wait here for a second. Okay, you guys. Uh, then we got to make sure they get that. Get that. I love live radio. That's my guest. We'll see if they see what's going on. Now all of a sudden, <laughs> there's all kinds of phone lines ringing over there, and we're trying to get Billy back on here. I see him on Zoom, but I can't hear him, so I don't know what uh, just happened there. I'm a little handicapped today. Simply because uh, Josh, my intern, is not here. So when you ask the old man, that being me, to flip the switches, anything can happen. So we're going to jump on here uh, with Billy. And I think he's there. He's on hold. Let me see if I can get him here. Hey, Billy, do you hear me? I can hear you. Oh, now I got you. Okay. (laughs) Sorry about all that, but we recovered. So, yeah, you were mentioning we are in uh, looking at... Uh, Then verse two, and what you have heard from me in the presence of many witnesses, entrust to faithful men who will be able to teach others. Also, sounds like there's a bit of a domino effect going on there. Yeah, I I mean, I think Paul can reflect on, you know, his life investment in Timothy. And he invested in Timothy's life. Now, Timothy is just kind of like saying, it's your turn. It's the baton. I passed it on. And it's time for you, Timothy, to take that truth, this gospel, and entrust it to other faithful men. And while I think there is an aspect to this that is certainly related to the church and pastoral ministry and finding new pastors, I think the application back to the Great Commission is for all of us. You know, I I like to say it this way, the gospel came to me on its way to somebody else. (laughs) That's that's such a great reminder uh, with my students. This was a couple of years ago, Billy, where I, I was like, hey, everybody. I would ask usually ask a question at the beginning of class just in order to uh, kind of have an icebreaker and get the class going. And one, one day I said, OK, you're sitting at the coffee shop. Some guy in a long robe. It doesn't look like he bathed recently, shows up, sits at your table, looks at his Apple watch. Uh, immediately you sense something's different about this guy. And he says, all right, I've got five minutes. Ask me one question. I'll, I'll answer any question you have. Go. And you realize that it's Jesus. And so what question would you ask him? And then uh, at the end of all that, one of my students said, Mr. Noble, what, what question would you ask him? And, and I thought about it. And my answer was, I would like to uh, know which of the uh, disciples I can trace my salvation back to. Because to your point, you heard the gospel on, on its way to someone else. And, and that's really that, that tapestry that we'll be able to, I'm, I'm confident we'll be able to get involved with that and understand that and see it in heaven. But it's just that, uh, that, that responsibility of discipleship and sharing the gospel and that it's moving around. It's, it really is all about who you know from salvation on down. But that, that's kind of one of the points there. A grace-filled life is going to overflow with, with gospel evangelism, isn't it? 
I think so. I mean, I think in, you know, 30 years of pastoral ministry, I can just say that we don't often pray for laborers to be sent in the harvest field. Mm. Um, we don't often pray for God to open us doors and give us boldness. I mean, I think we do, but it's just not a regular, like if you just look at most prayer sheets or what most people are asking prayer for, it's, you know, we're dealing with our struggles, our health, our finances. You know, maybe we're praying for some of our relatives to be saved, which is great. We should. But how often do we say, Lord, open a door today for me to be a testimony of grace to somebody? And and I think we're actually told to do that. Yeah. I mean, isn't that the kind of the natural overflowing, uh, I would hearken it back to when I asked uh, Gina, my wife, to marry me, and she was crazy enough to say yes. That was like 7 o'clock in the morning. I was on a ladder outside her window at her parents' house. And then this was, you know, pre-social media and stuff, but I, I could not, I was so excited. We both were. You couldn't stop us for the next couple of days for telling everybody that we knew about what had just happened. And that's that kind of overflowing. There's so much joy there that you want to share it with people. And that should be kind of what we should look at the gospel that way. But I think one of the challenges we have, Billy, is we kind of get we kind of get over that, don't we? Uh, I think that's an unfortunate uh, thing we see in American Christianity. Because mm. we move from the gospel to other things. Yeah. And you know, part of that is we tend to have a consumer culture. So then the sure. church serves me by doing all these things things for me or these programs, and I forget that I'm fundamentally, you know, my, my identity is wrapped up in Christ. I am a Christian, a follower of Christ, which means as a disciple, I'm actually on mission. And to be on mission means I'm taking this gospel that came to me and delivered me, and I, I'm taking it to others, because they need to be delivered from yeah. guilt and from slavery and from death, and Amen. they need to be rescued. And so that grace that rescued me, I need to be taking it to others. And that has to be missional in my mindset. Yeah. And that, and that of course, yeah. And that, and that of course, that, that's a matter of obedience. We all know that, but it also should just be a matter of love and that overflow of that grace that we're like, okay, uh, I have to go share the gospel. No, I mean, we get to share the gospel, but then do we really love the people around us when he tells us to, Love the Lord your God with our heart, soul, mind, and strength, and the second is like it. Love your neighbor as yourself. Is there is there another example? I love that story of the woman in Venezuela. Is there another story, kind of a testimony, Billy, that, that you can think of and share with us that's a good example of a grace-filled life? Uh, I'd like to use one biblical illustration. Sure. First, in Acts chapter 4. So the, the apostles have just been beaten for, you know, they're, they're told don't, don't share Christ. So verse 29, it said they come back and report to the church, and their statement is, Lord, look on their threats. Grant to your servants to continue to speak your word with all boldness. Mm-hmm. And then in verse 31, what happens? And when they prayed, the place they gathered was shaken. They were filled with the Spirit and continued to speak the word of God with boldness. So I think if you take that, put it with chapter 2 and verse 2 of Second Timothy, what happens when I'm filled by grace? We're going to speak with boldness. Right, right. And so why do I need to be, why do I need to pray for this grace? Because chapter one of Second Timothy, is there's opposition. That's he right. Might be yeah, we're going to talk about that when we come back. Billy, I'm going to put you on hold. We'll be right back. 
Welcome back. It's Steve Noble, the Steve Noble Show, Theology Thursday with our friends at BJU Seminary. Billy Gotcher in the house today. We figured out our uh, audio back on Zoom, so we're back uh, both using microphones now and, and just talking about a grace-filled life and looking in the scriptures. And uh, just like with opposition to preaching the gospel, and they tell you quit preaching the gospel, and they keep preaching the gospel, that grace will give you the boldness to do that. And we all need that uh, as things get a little more difficult here in America for us as believers, and especially if you're going to hold to a Christian worldview. Uh, the rejection of that is getting stronger and more ubiquitous all the time. Get used to that. Whether you have 10 years or 20 years or 50 years left in your life, that's only going to increase. And so you got to have grace to be bold. Uh, but another thing, Billy, and again, thanks for your time today. Uh, this was a, sounds like a fascinating story. Having, if we think about Ukraine, I, I have a, uh, a guy that I've had on the show a couple times runs a Southern Baptist seminary in Ukraine. He's in Lviv. And, and they went from... Uh, running a seminary and just teaching seminary students to all of a sudden they have all these refugees coming through town and now they're having to feed people and find them clothing and trying to get them out of the country. Uh, but it sounds like you have a similar story of what uh, a grace filled life would look like in the context of a nightmare like Ukraine. Yeah. I mean, I talked with two different missionaries, one who serves in Slovakia, another one works with the Slavic gospel association and works directly with Ukrainian pastors and, uh, they told me very similar stories in terms of how the church is mobilized and helping to feed some of the refugees. But then there's like three major refugee uh, tent cities, if you will, mm-hmm. that have been put up in Slovakia. And as a result, there's now churches in each one of these locations. Wow. That the gospel is going forward in the midst of this. People are being saved and lives are being. So while, you know, what is obviously an awful thing and a dark thing to see war and the consequences, the displacement, the destruction. In the midst of that, God is doing a very gracious thing. And there's lives being changed, souls being saved, churches are being established, and there will be churches in these locations at the, you know, Lord, um, we pray, obviously, that the war will end. Right, right. But in the midst of darkness, the light, the light is never eclipsed by the darkness. So there will always be opposition to the gospel wherever we go. But in the yeah. midst of the opposition in this world, the light is never eclipsed by darkness. And uh, it's just encouraging to hear the boldness of these believers. And where did mm-hmm. that come from? Well, God gives the grace in your time of need. Yeah, that's that's right. what the text says. Pray for grace in our time of need. We just tend to live. When I'm in need, <laughs> I ask for help. I right. need, And I forget that I am a needy person every day. Right. And if I'm going to be bold with the gospel, which is not, not most of us are not wired that way. Some people are, but most of you us know, are. You're, well, you're confronting people over their sin. That's sure. never comfortable. Mm-hmm. So to, but we are sharing good news. There is a, a redeemer who loves you, yeah. who died for you. So we have great news to share. It's just, we have to, where does that boldness come from? Why? Well, I, I think it's available. I think it's there. I think God will give us the grace and help us and then actually embolden us. And not only that, the good news is that he actually will give us fruit. I mean, I I like to remind myself when I was pastoring, I reminded our church, listen, we're here because there's still more people to be reached with the gospel. That's right. There's more work to be done. If there wasn't somebody else left to be reached with the gospel, God just take us all home. Yeah. So clearly we're here because God has more people who need to be rescued and we're meant to be a part of that. Yeah, well, I think and, it, to your point, I, I think we spend an inordinate amount of 
time and talent and treasure and consternation and prayers trying to get out of the very trying times where grace can be amplified. So, cause we're so risk averse. We're so pain averse. Not, not that I'm saying be a glutton for punishment, but, but when things are not going well, when you're in a dark place, realize that that that's an opportunity for grace to get to a level that we don't often see because you have to have that contrast. Right. And you see that, that next example in there, when we're filled by grace, we actually become good soldiers. Mm -hmm. And that's, that just reminds us that, Hey, I'm actually commissioned by God into a war and it's a real war. And the casualties of this war don't just physically die. They die forever. Right. So there's an eternal life and there's an eternal death. And there's people that are losing everything forever. And God's called me to be a soldier in that warfare, which is going to look like enduring some hard things. Yeah. You know, it oh, just is. Yeah, without so. question. Well, that, 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 you know, that you're in verse three and four talking about soldiers. And then in verse five, you go right into an athlete. Yep. So this is sounding like a pretty vigorous lifestyle to me. Well, the other side of it is it's actually just think how amazing grace is. I mean, who doesn't like a story of a soldier who overcome every adversity right. to rescue? So Hacksaw Ridge or whatever right. you want to oh, go. Yeah. I mean, who doesn't love that story? Well, yep. here's what God's saying. You can be that soldier. My grace will enable you to go through whatever hardness is out there stopping yeah. you right now. Yeah. And you can actually be the soldier who's part of rescuing people forever. And then God, and you know, we love athletes. We love the stories mm -hmm. of athletic heroism and gold medals and all of that. Well, God's saying you can be that athlete. Yeah. You can be that guy who actually finishes that race, that endurance that you didn't think you have. You can be that person mm. because my grace will enable you to run the race well. Yeah, which is so cool. And then the next one, uh, we don't see it. I, I, don't, I don't think I've seen any movies about farmers. Have you? Yeah. <laughs> not, not a lot. Yeah, I mean they're they're kind of always in the background typically, but uh, pretty yeah. They, yeah, but they they show up in scripture fairly often. Yeah, absolutely, because we're all dependent on them. You know, no farmer, no food. So, uh, so we're very thankful for the farmer. Yeah. But I think this that hard work. We know mm -hmm. that it takes hard work and yeah. endurance to be a farmer. It is a, I mean, it's an honorable job. It's a great job. Thankful for it. Yeah, but it's an endurance. Oh my goodness. Test. Yeah. You know, and it's always waiting, 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 I mean, waiting. They're, and they're also totally dependent on God for the weather That's and the right. soil and everything else to turn out, which is a great illustration of really the Christian life. Oh, absolutely. Well, yeah, I mean, that's that's, you know, I, I pulled through a, a fast food drive through. And, and if you have one of those unfortunate circumstances and they're like, oh, well, can you pull forward for a couple minutes? I mean, I'm ready to torch the place going. This is supposed to be fast food. I don't have time for this. I mean, it's going to cost me an extra two minutes. It's ridiculous. Can you imagine being a farmer, you do all your hard work and then you have to wait. <clears throat> and we're talking about a, a good amount of waiting and you have absolutely no control over the weather. Right. And you that, can't control the drought or the heat right? or the rain. You get too much rain, too little rain, all of those things. You're going to need a, a yeah. whole lot of grace to get through that though. What What are some yeah. diagnostics just the last couple of minutes, Billy, that, that we can kind of uh, be in the book of James and look in the mirror <clears throat> and say, yeah. okay, what are some signs of grace in my life? Just kind of ordinary, kind of some diagnostic questions we might consider as we finish up today. Well, I think from this text, we're just noticing that grace enables me to be more missional in my thinking. Mm, that's good. That I'm going to think about what does it mean for me to serve God? And whatever I'm doing, whatever my vocation is, whatever my hobbies are, he's not saying you don't have any of those, but 
in the midst of those, what, how, how am I using this to advance the gospel? How am I serving God in the midst of where he has me? And I think grace just helps us be missional, not be quitters. Mm. We don't quit. We look for opportunities to serve and opposition doesn't throw us. We don't pull back. And, you know, just because our culture wants to shame us to silence, we're not looking for a reason to be silent. Right. I'm looking for opportunities to speak, and I want my life to be a credible testimony of God's grace. God's done a gracious work in my life, mm-hmm. and it is truly so much fun to serve the Lord. It is. Amen. Yeah, like and you were it, talking about the yeah. woman that spent 49 years out there in the Absolutely. jungles of Venezuela. How do you see – got about three minutes. How, how do you see a grace-filled life showing up in the context of, like, BJU Seminary with people that are there to – uh, advance the gospel. Obviously, they're missional thinking. Otherwise, they wouldn't be there. But but how does grace kind of manifest in that kind of academic world? It shows up in a, in a unity amongst a tremendous diversity. Mm. We have people from all over the world, different cultural context, uh, not always first language speakers of English. And, and I get the privilege of teaching them yeah. and watching them grow and see their their love for Christ mature. And it just, their passion for Christ just begins to, you just see it, it's evident. It's evident they're excited to be students, to learn, and then they want to go share it with others. Mm-hmm. So I think that's where I see it yeah. in that grace producing in their life. All right, last question. Where do you see it uh, in Billy Gotcher's life? Uh, where do I see grace in Billy Gotcher's life? I see it in how God has so been so kind to me through all the years <laughs> and given me the privilege of serving him. Um, I mean, I, this is my 60th year of life. I get to that's the end of August. I turn 60. I have a daughter who is my 30th birthday wow. present. So she is 30. Wow. Cool. So I have a grandson turning six this month. So we're just kind of celebrating yeah. the, the, the 60 years of life and, and, and 30 years of full-time ministry. God wow. called me, I got saved in college, called into ministry uh, after college and from a career and, and been serving the Lord in over 30 years now. And, and I just see that enduring grace. And then, you know, my wife and I I've, get to celebrate 36 years of marriage. Wow, that's, that's pretty awesome. amazing. Yeah. So all those things. And, and you realize uh, that every good and perfect gift comes down from the Father of Lights, right? Absolutely. Comes God from has his been hand. super kind. So, yeah. And then you're back to that word again kind and kindness. Yeah. And and that's the way we get. I think that's why it's so important for us to take stock and look at all the things that the Lord has done and what He's provided and what He's done for us uh, through His grace. And then sit there and go, okay, uh, like a I often use a, a example of a Walmart distribution center, Billy. What what's supposed to stay in a Walmart distribution center? Uh, nothing. <laughs> Whatever comes in is supposed to go back out. And all this grace that gets poured into us, we're supposed to turn around and pour that back out for the glory of God and uh, for the good of the gospel and for the good of our neighbor. It's such a great topic. Billy, thanks so much for being here today. Thanks for enduring a little technical challenge. It's always great to see you. Happy birthday early, by the way. Yeah, thank you. You're welcome. Stay right there. We'll pray together. You're very welcome, as always. Stay right there. We'll pray together. Uh, I'll be back tomorrow. I've got a couple of different things cooking. And a lot, of things, a lot of things to talk about, some things to share tomorrow. So don't go anywhere. Make sure you're here tomorrow. This is Steve Noble on The Steve Noble Show. God willing, I'll talk to you again real soon. And like my dad always used to say, ever forward. Another program powered by The Truth Network.